Section 13 of A Popular History of France from the Earliest Times, Volume 6. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Popular History of France from the Earliest Times, Volume 6, by François Guizot. Translated by Robert Black. Chapter 13. Louis XV, France in the Colonies, 1745-1763, Part 1. France was already beginning to perceive her sudden abasement in Europe. The defaults of her generals, as well as of her government, sometimes struck the king himself. He threw the blame of it on the barrenness of his times. Quote, this age is not fruitful in great men, he wrote to Marshal Noailles. You know that we miss subjects for all objects, and you have one before your eyes in the case of the army, which certainly impresses me more than any other. End quote. Thus spoke Louis XV on the eve of the Battle of Fontenoy. Marshal Saxe was about to confer upon the French arms a transitory lustre. But the king, who loaded him with riches and honours, never forgot that he was not his born subject. Quote, I allow that Count Saxe is the best officer to command that we have, he would say. But he is a Huguenot, he wants to be supreme, and he is always saying that, if he is thwarted, he will enter some other service. Is that zeal for France? I see, however, very few of ours who aim high like him. The king possessed at a distance, in the colonies of the two Indies, as the expression then was, faithful servants of France, passionately zealous for her glory, quote unquote, aiming high, ambitious or disinterested, able politicians or heroic pioneers, all ready to sacrifice both property and life for the honor and power of their country. It is time to show how Le Bourdonnais, Dupleix, Bussy, Lali Tolendal were treated in India. What assistance, what guidance, what encouragement the Canadians and their illustrious chiefs received from France, beginning with Champlain, one of the founders of the colony, and ending with Montcalm, its latest defender. It is a painful but a salutary spectacle to see to what meannesses a sovereign and a government may find themselves reduced through a weak complacence towards the foreigner in the feverish desire of putting an end to a war frivolously undertaken and feebly conducted french power in india threw out more lustre but was destined to speedier and perhaps more melancholy extinction than in canada single-handed in the east the chiefs maintained the struggle against the incapacity of the french government and the dexterous tenacity of the enemy in america the population of french extraction upheld to the bitter end the name the honor and the flag of their country Quote, the fate of france says voltaire has nearly always been that her enterprises and even her successes beyond her own frontiers should become fatal to her the defaults of the government and the jealous passions of the colonists themselves in the eighteenth century seriously aggravated the military reverses which were to cost the french nearly all their colonies more than a hundred years previously at the outset of louis the fourteenth's personal reign and through the persevering efforts of colbert marching in the footsteps of cardinal richelieu an india company had been founded for the purpose of developing french commerce in those distant regions which had always been shrouded in a mysterious halo of fancied wealth and grandeur several times the company had all but perished it had revived under the vigorous impulse communicated by law 
and had not succumbed at the collapse of his system it gave no money to its shareholders who derived their benefits only from a partial concession of the tobacco revenues granted by the king to the company but its directors lived a life of magnificence in the east where they were authorized to trade on their own account abler and bolder than all his colleagues joseph dupleix member of a gascon family and son of the comptroller-general of hainault had dreamed of other destinies than the management of a counting-house he aspired to endow france with the empire of india placed at a very early age at the head of the french establishments at chandenugger he had improved the city and constructed a fleet all the while acquiring for himself an immense fortune he had just been sent to pondicherry as governor-general of the company's agencies when the war of succession to the empire broke out in seventeen forty two for a long time past dupleix and his wife who was called in india princess jane had been silently forming a vast network of communications and correspondence which kept them acquainted with the innumerable intrigues of all the petty native courts madame dupleix a creole brought up in india understood all its dialects her husband had been the first to conceive the idea of that policy which was destined before long to deliver india to the english his imitators mingling everywhere in the incessant revolutions which were hatching all about him he gave the support of france at one time to one pretender and at another to another relying upon the discipline of the european troops and upon the force of his own genius for securing the ascendancy to his protege of the moment thus increasing little by little french influence and dominion throughout all the hindu territory accustomed to dealing with the native princes he had partially adopted their ways of craft and violence more concerned for his object than about the means of obtaining it he had the misfortune at the outset of the contest to clash with another who was ambitious for the glory of france and as courageous but less able a politician than he their rivalry their love of power and their inflexible attachment to their own ideas under the direction of a feeble government thenceforth stamped upon the relations of the two great european nations in india a regrettable character of duplicity all the splendour and all the efforts of dupleix's genius could never efface it concord as yet reigned between dupleix and the governor of bourbon and of ile de france bertrand francis mailly de la bourdonnais when in the month of september seventeen forty six the latter put in an appearance with a small squadron in front of madras already one of the principal english establishments commodore peyton who was cruising in indian waters after having been twice beaten by la bourdonnais had removed to a distance with his flotilla the town was but feebly fortified the english who had for a while counted upon the protection of the nabob the carnatic did not receive the assistance they expected they surrendered at the first shot promising to pay a considerable sum for the ransom of madras which the french were to retain as security until the debt was completely paid la bourdonnais had received from france this express order quote, you will not keep any of the conquests you may make in india the chests containing the ransom of the place descended slowly from the white town which was occupied solely by europeans and by the english settlements to the black town inhabited by a mixed population of natives and foreigners of various races traders or artisans already the vessels of le bourdonnais 
laden with these precious spoils had made sail for pondicherry the governor of bourbon was in a hurry to get back to his islands autumn was coming on tempests were threatening his squadron but dupleix was still disputing the terms of the treaty concluded with the english for the rendition of madras he had instructions he said to raise the city and place it thus dismantled in the hands of the nabob the carnatic the hindu prince had set himself in motion to seize his prey the english burst out into insults and threats la bourdonnais in a violent rage on the point of finding himself arrested by order of dupleix himself put in prison the governor-general's envoys the conflict of authority was aggravated by the feebleness and duplicity of the instructions from france all at once a fearful tempest destroyed a part of the squadron in front of madras la bourdonnais flinging himself into a boat had great difficulty in rejoining his ships he departed leaving his rival master of madras and adroitly prolonging the negotiations in order to ruin at least the black city which alone was rich and prosperous before giving over the place to the nabob months rolled by and the french remained alone at madras a jealous love of power and absorption in political schemes had induced dupleix to violate a promise lightly given by le bourdonnais in the name of france he had arbitrarily quashed a capitulation of which he had not discussed the conditions the report of this unhappy conflict and the colour put upon it by the representations of dupleix were about to ruin at paris the rival whom he had vanquished in india on arriving at ile de france amidst that colony which he had found exhausted ruined and had endowed with hospitals arsenals quays and fortifications la bourdonnais learned that a new governor was already installed there his dissensions with dupleix had borne their fruits he had been accused of having exacted too paltry a ransom from madras and of having accepted enormous presents the company had appointed a successor in his place driven to desperation anxious to go and defend himself la bourdonnais set out for france with his wife and his four children a prosecution had already been commenced against him he was captured at sea by an english ship and taken a prisoner to england the good faith of the conqueror of madras was known in london one of the directors of the english company offered his fortune as security for m de la bourdonnais scarcely had he arrived in paris when he was thrown into the bastille and for two years kept in solitary confinement when his innocence was at last acknowledged and his liberty restored to him his health was destroyed his fortune exhausted by the expenses of the trial la bourdonnais died before long employing the last remnants of his life and of his strength in pouring forth his anger against dupleix to whom he attributed all his woes his indignation was excusable and some of his grievances were well grounded but the germs of suspicion thus sown by the unfortunate prisoner released from the bastille were destined before long to consign to perdition not only his enemy but also together with him that french dominion in india to which m de la bourdonnais had dedicated his life meanwhile dupleix grew greater and greater every day more powerful and more daring the english had not forgotten the affair of madras on the thirtieth of august seventeen forty eight admiral boscawen went and laid siege to pondicherry stopped at the outset by the fort of ariocapang of the existence of which they were ignorant the disembarked troops could not push their trenches beyond an impassable morass which protected the town 
the fire of the siege artillery scarcely reached the ramparts the sallies of the besieged intercepted the communications between the camp and the squadron which on its side was bombarding the walls of pondicherry without any serious result dupleix himself commanded the french batteries on the sixth of october he was wounded and his place on the ramparts was taken by madame dupleix seconded by her future son-in-law m de bussy castelnau dupleix's military lieutenant animated by the same zeal for the greatness of france the fire of the english redoubled but there was laughter in pondicherry for the balls did not carry so far and on the twentieth of october after forty days siege admiral boscawen put to sea again driven far away from the coasts by the same tempests which two years before had compelled la bourdonnais to quit madras twice had dupleix been served in his designs by the winds of autumn the peace of aix-la-chapelle came to put an end to open war between the europeans at the french establishments in the indies the te deum was sung dupleix alone was gloomy despite the riband of st louis and the title of marquis recently granted him by king louis the fifteenth he had been obliged to restore madras to the english war soon recommenced in the name and apparently to the profit of the hindu princes france and england had made peace the english and french companies in india had not laid down arms their power as well as the importance of their establishments was as yet in equipoise at surat both companies had places of business on the coast of malabar the english had bombay and the french mai on the coast of coromandel the former held madras and fort st george the latter pondicherry and caracal the principal factories as well as the numerous little establishments which were dependencies of them were defended by a certain number of european soldiers and by sepoys native soldiers in the pay of the companies these small armies were costly and diminished to a considerable extent the profits of trade dupleix espied the possibility of a new organization which should secure to the french in india the preponderance and ere long the empire even in the two peninsulas he purposed to found manufactures utilize native hand labor and develop the coasting trade or end-to-end -end trade as the expression then was but he set his pretensions still higher and carried his views still further he purposed to acquire for the company and under its name for france territories and subjects furnishing revenues and amply sufficing for the expenses of the commercial establishments the moment was propitious the ancient empire of the great mogul tottering to its base was distracted by revolutions all the chops and changes whereof were attentively followed by madame dupleix two contested concessions opened up at once those of the viceroy or sudabar of the deccan and of his vassal the nabob of the carnatic the great mogul nominal sovereign of all the states of india confined himself to selling to all the pretenders decrees of investiture without taking any other part in the contest dupleix on the contrary engaged in it ardently he took sides in the deccan for murzafa jung and in the carnatic for chunda sahib against their rivals supported by the english versed in all the resources of hindu policy he had negotiated an alliance between his two protégés both marched against the nabob of the carnatic he though a hundred and seven years old was at the head of his army mounted on a magnificent elephant 
he espied in the melee his enemy chunda sahib and would have darted upon him but whilst his slaves were urging on the huge beast the little french battalion sent by dupleix to the aid of his allies marched upon the nabob a ball struck him to the heart and he fell the same evening murzapha jung was proclaimed zudabar of the deccan and he granted the principality of the carnatic to chunda sahib at the same time reserving to the french company a vast territory some months rolled by full of vicissitudes and sudden turns of fortune murzapha jung at first victorious and then vanquished by his uncle nazir jung everywhere dragged at his heels as a hostage and a trophy of his triumph had found himself delivered by an insurrection of the Patanian chiefs afghans by origin settled in the south of india the head of nazir jung had come rolling at his feet for a while besieged in pondicherry but still negotiating and everywhere mingling in intrigues and conspiracies dupleix was now triumphant with his ally the Sudabar of the Deccan made his entry in state upon French territory. Pondicherry was in holiday trim to receive him. Dupleix, dressed in the magnificent costume of the Hindu princes, had gone with his troops to meet him. Both entered the town in the same palanquin to the sound of native cymbals and the military music of the French. A throne awaited the Sudabar, surrounded by the Afghan chiefs, who were already claiming the reward of their services the hindu prince needed the aid of france he knew it he proclaimed dupleix nabob of all the provinces to the south of the river krishna tebunda sahib but lately his ally became his vassal quote, the vassal of france murmured madame dupleix when she heard of this splendid recompense for so many public and private services the ability and indomitable bravery of m de bussy soon extended the french conquests in the deccan Mursafa Jung had just been assassinated at the head of his army. Bussy proclaimed and supported a new Sudabar, who was friendly to the French, and who ceded to them five provinces, of which the large town of Masulipatam, already in French hands, became the capital. A third of India was obedient to Dupleix. The great Mogul sent him a decree of investiture, and demanded of the Princess Jane the hand of her youngest daughter, promised to M. de Bussy dupleix well knew the frailty of human affairs and the dark intrigues of hindu courts he breathed freely however for he was on his guard and the dream of his life seemed to be accomplished Quote, the empire of france is founded he would say he reckoned without france and without the incompetent or timid men who governed her the successes of dupleix scared king louis the fifteenth and his feeble ministers they angered and discomfited england which was as yet tottering in England, and whose affairs there had for a long while been ill-managed, but which remained ever vigorous, active, animated by the indomitable ardour of a free people. At Versailles attempts were made to lessen the conquests of Dupleix. Prudence was recommended to him. Delay was shown in sending him the troops he demanded. In India England had at last found a man still young and unknown, but worthy of being opposed to Dupleix clive who had almost in boyhood entered the company's offices turned out after the turbulence of his early years a heaven-born general he was destined to continue dupleix's work when abandoned by france and to found to the advantage of the english that european dominion in india which had been the governor of pondicherry's dream 
the war still continued in the carnatic mahomet ali chunda sahib's rival had for the last six months been besieged in trichinopoly the english had several times but in vain attempted to effect the raising of the siege clive who had recently entered the company's army was for saving the last refuge of mahomet ali by a bold diversion against arcot the capital of the carnatic to him was given the command of the expedition he had suggested in the month of september seventeen fifty one he made himself master of arcot by a surprise the hindu populations left to themselves passed almost without resistance from one master to another the europeans did not signalize by the infliction of punishment the act of taking possession clive was before long attacked in arcot by chunda sahib who was supported by a french detachment he was not in a position to hold the town so he took refuge in the fort and there for fifty days withstood all the efforts of his enemies provisions fell short every day the rations were becoming more insufficient but clive had managed to implant in his soldiers hearts the heroic resolution which animated him Quote, give the rice to the english said the sepoys we will be content with the water in which it is boiled a body of marathas allies of the english came to raise the siege clive pursued the french on their retreat twice defeated chunda sahib and at last effecting a junction with the governor-general lawrence broke the investment of trichinopoly and released mohammed ali chunda sahib in his turn shut up in cheringham was delivered over to his rival by a tanjore chieftain in whom he trusted he was put to death and the french commandant a nephew of laws surrendered to the english two french corps had already been destroyed by clive who held the third army prisoners bussy was carrying on war in the deccan with great difficulty making head against overt hostilities and secret intrigues the report of dupleix's reverses arrived in france in the month of september seventeen fifty two the dismay at versailles was great and prevailed over the astonishment there had never been any confidence in dupleix's projects there had been scarcely any belief in his conquests the soft-hearted inertness of ministers and courtiers was almost as much disgusted at the successes as at the defeats of the bold adventurers who were attempting and risking all for the aggrandizement and puissance of france in the east dupleix secretly received notice to demand his recall he replied by proposing to have m de bussy nominated in his place Quote, never was so grand a fellow as this bussy he wrote the ministers and the company cared little for the grandeur of bussy or of dupleix what they sought was a dastardly security incessantly troubled by the enterprises of the politician and the soldier the tone of england was more haughty than ever in consequence of clive's successes the recall of dupleix was determined upon the governor of pondicherry had received no troops but he had managed to reorganize an army and had resumed the offensive in the carnatic bussy set free at last as to his movements in the deccan was preparing to rejoin dupleix clive was ill and had just set out for england fortune had once more changed front the open conferences held with saunders english governor of madras failed in the month of january seventeen fifty four dupleix wished to preserve the advantages he had won saunders refused to listen to that 
the approach of a french squadron was signalled the ships appeared to be numerous dupleix was already rejoicing at the arrival of unexpected aid when instead of an officer commanding the twelve hundred soldiers from france he saw the apparition of m godeux one of the directors of the company and but lately his friend and correspondent quote, i come to supersede you sir said the new arrival without any circumstance i have full powers from the company to treat with the english the cabinet of london had not been deceived as to the importance of dupleix in india his recall had been made the absolute condition of a cessation of hostilities louis the fifteenth and his ministers had shown no opposition the treaty was soon concluded restoring the possessions of the two companies within the limits they had occupied before the war of the carnatic with the exception of the district of Masulipatam, which became accessible to the english all the territories ceded by the hindu princes to dupleix reverted to their former masters the two companies interdicted one another from taking any part in the interior policy of india and at the same time forbade their agents to accept from the hindu princes any charge honour or dignity the most perfect equality was re-established between the possessions and revenues of the two great european nations rivals in the east as well as in europe england gave up some petty forts some towns of no importance france ceded the empire of india when godeur signed the treaty trichinopoli was at last on the point of giving in bussy was furious and would have quitted the deccan which he still occupied but dupleix constrained him to remain there he himself embarked for france with his wife and daughter leaving in india together with his life's work destroyed in a few days by the poltroonery of his country's government the fortune he had acquired during his great enterprises entirely sunk as it was in the service of france the revenues destined to cover his advances were seized by godeur chapter fifty three part one